welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. My dear friends, this is such an exciting time to be alive. We're watching all the old barriers that used to exist between science and spiritual matters just crumbling away. And we're realizing now that some of the greatest scientists of the 20th century actually were leading the way for us. Way back in 1931, and that was 90 years ago now, the great Max Planck, the father of quantum physics, said, I regard consciousness as fundamental. I regard matter as derivative from consciousness. We cannot get behind consciousness. Everything that we talk about, everything that we regard as existing, postulates consciousness. Around the same time, the great polymath Nikola Tesla said, the day science begins to study non-physical phenomena, it will make more progress in one decade than in all the previous centuries of its existence. Even Albert Einstein said, concerning matter, we have been all wrong. What we have called matter is energy, which whose vibration has been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. There is no matter. As we're working now on building Seek Reality Online, which is based in the fact that what we experience as human consciousness actually is primary and there is no solid matter, it's exciting to find that these intellectual giants were there long before we were. And it's wonderful, too, for us to be hearing from our friends in the field of afterlife research who are now reaching all these same conclusions. Our guest today is with us on Seek Reality for the fifth time. Mark Anthony, who is the psychic lawyer, has lately come out with an interesting book, fascinating book in this same vein, called The Afterlife Frequency, The Scientific Proof of Spiritual Contact and How That Awareness Will Change Your Life. Mark's previous books, All Good, are Never Letting Go and Evidence of Eternity. He co-hosts the live stream TV show called The Psychic and the Doc, and he's a regular columnist for Best Holistic Life magazine. Mark, welcome. It's lovely to have you back with us again. Thank you, Roberta. I always enjoy being on your show because I feel like we're just sitting at a coffee shop having <laughs> a, a couple of lattes and just, just you know letting the conversation lead where it will. And we have done that, in fact. So Mark is talking about something that he and I have enjoyed in the past. We've done conferences together, and my conference days are at an end. And I guess I'm glad about that, although we had a lot of fun in the past. Mark Anthony, I should add, is a very, very good medium. I've seen him work. And it's not surprising that Mark is very good because like all the best mediums I know, he has mediumship on both sides of his family. Um, it turns out, and I guess maybe you didn't know this or perhaps you did, but mediumship, psychic mediumship turns out to be a hereditary trait. Mark, you say that your older brother and sister aren't very psychic. They didn't inherit the trait. Talk about how it's heritable. Where, where has it been in your family? Well, my, my siblings have psychic abilities. They're very good with premonitions. In fact, I was talking to my brother 
uh, this morning, and he he said, I knew that this invasion of Ukraine was happening. Um, and, you know, for the benefit of the listeners, we're recording this on on uh, February 24th, and that's the day that, unfortunately, Russia decided oh, yes. to invade the Ukraine. So um, I know Roberta joins me, and Sam um, uh, joins us in sending our, our thoughts and prayers and, and best hopes for the, the people of Ukraine. But um, both of my, my siblings have um, the ability to, to anticipate future events, but they're not mediums. And the difference between a psychic and a medium is that a psychic is able to tune into the energy of a person, place, or thing, which can divine, you know, past, present, future events. And what a medium does is we're tuning into a different uh, station altogether. We're tuning into the energy of spirits. And both of my parents had both psychic and mediumistic abilities. My dad was a U.S. Navy SEAL and a NASA engineer. And my mother was a commercial illustrator and fashion designer. So it's not like, you know, they were going around with neon signs in the window going, come here for tarot card reading. I mean, you know, they were, you know, we were the all-American family next door, sort of. (laughs) (laughs) With a little twist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were definitely more Adam's family than Brady Bunch, I think. (laughs) Oh, funny. Oh, my yeah, well, you say that he had a premonition that this was going to happen? Yes. And, you know, my whole life, my brother's always anticipated things. In fact, I remember one day I had called him and he was, I was talking to him. He said, and I really think something bad's going to happen with my son. Like he's going to get cut somehow. I go, that's really weird. He goes, I know. Then all of a sudden I hear in the background, dad, I cut myself. My, he was, my nephew was outside and he was, working with a, um, um, a buck knife and it slipped and sliced the palm of his hand, oh. you know, and then my brother, I hear him go, Mark, gotta go click. And, um, but, but that's just, just part of, of what that's uh, been like. My mother w- was not only a very gifted medium, but also a very, um, very in tune psychic. In fact, years ago, she and my dad, they went to Las Vegas and the MGM Grand Hotel had just opened. So, you know, they of course they went. And my dad was like, God, this is so great. This place is so opulent. My mother began to hyperventilate and sweat. Oh. She said, my God, this place is a tomb. It's a tomb. There's going to be a fire. You've got to get me. I mean, oh, she was just like, and he's goodness. like, oh, my God. And, you know, having been married to my mom, you know, he's a genie. I, I, okay, I'll get you out of there. And he had to get her out of there. And, you know, once she got away from it, she felt better. And she said, there's something horrible going to happen. And I remember when they got back from the trip and, and they were telling me about this. And, of course, they enjoyed the rest of the trip. And then about two or three weeks later, my phone rings. And I answer it. Mom said, turn on, you know, turn on the news. And the MGM Grand, there had been a fire. And it, yeah, electrical wires, um, it started burning and it melted something. And so the toxic fumes got caught up in the air vent and it killed something like, I think, 80 people. Wow. And, you know, and I remember she was crying. She says, why couldn't I do anything? And, and I said, Mom, what would you have said? Uh, who, oh, who, who would believe you? And, and it was, it turned out to be a tomb and it was really horrifying because the, she was feeling the heat. She was sweating and feeling the heat. 
Um, she said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. She was feeling the toxicity of the fumes. And of course, she said it was a tomb. And I understand there was even they found soot next to uh, buttons on an elevator and a trail from a person's finger where they tried to press the button oh. and they they were collapsing. They found the person's body right there with the, the fingerprints of them trying to touch the button. I mean, this was really intense. My God. The, yeah, But the thing is, Roberta, this is the family that I grew up in. I mean, this was not an unusual thing for, for mom to pick up on something or my dad um, to say, you know, what he felt about, about seeing spirits. And the thing is, we never looked at it as being spooky or scary. I looked at it as, um, well, first of all, I thought it was kind of cool. You know, <laughs> I was a kid, you know, oh, growing up around Lord. all this. I, I thought, I mean, and not, not the, you know, the, I certainly, and I don't mean any disrespect to, to anybody that had, had perished at the MGM Grand. What I meant by, I thought it was cool is that it's like, you know, we can do this. And when I was about five years old and I was getting ready to start first grade, my father sat me down and said, do not tell anyone about this. You can talk to your mother and I all you want, but people who see things that others don't get taken away. Let me tell you something, Roberta, that really scared me. Yeah, I would say a little bit. Yeah, but that's I, awful. Well, I found out later why he told me that. And by later, I mean about 20 years later. My father's uh, sister, Marjorie, his mother, Isabel, and his maternal grandmother, Grace, were all very gifted mediums. And Marjorie, my dad had three sisters and a brother, and only he and Marjorie were, were the mediums. And she was married to this religious fanatic for la lack of a better term. He was this evangelical guy that, you know, you know, devils everywhere, you know, devils in the toilet, devils in the sugar bowl, devils oh, hiding behind Lord. the toaster. You know, one of those guys. And he did not like her abilities. And one day he was getting ready to go to work. He was a machinist at this steel plant in Pennsylvania. And she begged him not to go to work. She said, something horrible is going to happen. I feel it. I feel it. And he goes, oh, fine, I'll stay home. Well, that day, Roberta, a crane was lifting thousands of pounds of steel beams oh, no. and the cable snapped and it crushed the machine shop, killing everybody in it. Oh, now you think oh. he might be grateful because it's like a 99% chance he would have been in that machine shop at the yeah. time. Well, instead, he began to fear her abilities to the extent that he colluded with an unscrupulous psychiatrist and who issued a diagnosis that she was a paranoid schizophrenic. Oh, oh. Marjorie was forcibly removed from her home by these two men in white coats. They put her in a oh. straight jacket. And oh. then she was forced into an, um, a mental hospital and forcibly subjected to electroshock therapy for a period oh. of over six months. And it damaged her brain so much that oh. she, she was a shadow of what she'd been before. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, and, you know, and the thing is, I never met my Aunt Marjorie. This happened 20 years before I was born. Oh, and, and so terrible. here I am, five years old, and my dad, he wasn't trying to scare me. He was trying to protect of me. Of course. You know, of and then course. as I got older, I saw this. But the really fascinating thing is my Aunt Marjorie comes to me a lot. In fact, 
in in uh, my latest book, The Afterlife Frequency, she makes an appearance um, in in the first chapter because, like, whenever she comes around, I know that I'm, I really need to be alert. It's like she comes around to warn me, like, "Heads up, Mark," yeah. and and so so um, and I get the the sense from her that she's so happy that finally we've gotten to the point where we can openly discuss these abilities without being being uh, persecuted and, and discriminated against. I mean, yes. um, and, and, and Roberta, you know, you know, a lot of mediums and you've interviewed people, you know, people think, oh, this must be wonderful, but it's not easy because. Oh, it's a burden. really. It, it, yeah. It's, it's a burden. It's a responsibility, but there's always going to be the haters and the people who yes. don't understand. And, and that's why I wrote the afterlife frequency is to take spirit communication, all the forms of spirit communication, not just mediumship, but also deathbed visions, near-death experiences, shared death experiences, direct contact through visitations or in the dream state, and explain how they're all possible and yes. why they're possible and explain it through sound scientific principles. Because it's been too much woohoo. And I mean, yes. and, and then there are people who, who pose as mediums and they're not, they're, they're charlatans and shame on them. But for those of us who are legitimate, there is a reason for everything. There is an explanation for everything. And ultimately, it, it um, lies in quantum physics. Absolutely. Uh, consciousness is the base creative force. And the more people who understand that, the easier it will be for people like you to demystify the entire process. And that's going to be extremely important because science is going to have to figure this out and do it fairly soon. I mean, people are going to have to understand and come to understand and accept and, as you say, demystify what's really going on before very long. Because if if people don't soon begin to understand this, the, we have to make the fear go away. I mean, we know that this fear is what's causing a lot of the negativity and hatred, which is so polluting the planet at this point. I mean, we're being told we're in interplanetary intensive care. I don't know whether we are. I mean, I'm very skeptical about what a lot of, of what we're being told at this point, because it's, as you say, it's just too woo-woo and it's too scary. I'm not afraid of anything. I know you're not either. People who understand what's going on just are not afraid of anything at this point. But my goodness, now tell me something else, You, if you're willing to. I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you said just before we began to do this recording that that you've been concerned about what's going on in Europe, um, before, even before what happened now. What what do you see? What, what, are, you, what are you concerned about? Um, well, it, what's really fascinating is that during when I'm doing readings, when I'm doing spirit communication, I start getting information that the client, the person that I'm doing the reading for doesn't understand, and we're not sure what it means. And in the last quarter, I'd say around September, um, August and September of 2019, I was doing readings for people, and they would their loved ones would come through, and then their loved ones would give me a projection, um, a vision of, of my client, the person I was doing the reading for, wearing a surgical mask and everybody around them wearing surgical masks. Mm -hmm. 
Oh. And then they kept saying March 2020, March 2020, March oh. 2020. Yeah. And, and, and I'd be like, what is that? You know, and the client's like, I don't know. And they, you know, they're giving me the, oh, great. He's just making something. Well, then right around March 2020, I start getting a horde of emails from people saying, oh, my God, I figured it out. We're all wearing masks now. So right. what was happening is spirits were letting us know that that COVID was coming. and um then I started getting a big war, a big war, a big European war. Big European war is scary. European. Are you serious? Yeah. And and see, you know, war in, in any place is terrible. War is horrible. There, I mean, right. Mother Teresa said it correctly. How can any war be holy? You know, when you get these religious nuts, oh, holy war, holy war. No, oh, there's no. nothing holy about no. murdering people. And the problem is when you're dealing with Europe, and you're dealing with major military, major industrial powers, it can drag the rest of the world into it. Um, you know, and and I've just had this feeling for a long time. And I'm just hoping that that this doesn't escalate into a wider conflict. The sad part is there's always going to be ego-driven narcissists yes. who become the leader of a country and you know we've seen this countless times through history and and putin i mean uh, every time i've see i see him i just get these this sick feeling yes. um because you know that he's one of these dark energies and unfortunately he is the head of a nuclear superpower and oh. it's all about him and his ego and you know we hear from a lot of our colleagues roberta that Oh, we're living in this enlightened time and everybody, you know, let's all sing Kumbaya and raise our vibration. And that's all very fine, well and good. But I was at some conference and, you know, I was saying that, you know, ISIS in the Middle East was terrible. And some woman goes, oh, well, just we just have to raise our vibration. And it's like, OK, so us sitting around sending happy thoughts that ISIS <laughs> is going to stop them from butchering the Yazidi yeah. people. Uh, destroying uh, world heritage sites and beheading thousands of people. And, you know, there, there's more to spirituality than just sitting around sending happy thoughts. Now, I'm not negating the power of prayer and that, but it's not us. I mean, yes, we should always raise our vibration, but the people who are doing this are on a very low vibration, and they're the ones that need to be raising it. And that's the question. How do you get this? And with my work in in communicating with spirits, I do not believe in hell in the archetypal sense. Yeah, you know, we've the, found no evidence of it either. There is there, there, no, there is none. Well, right. there is. It's right here on Earth. <laughs> yes. It's it's the material world. Well and, said. And, yes. well, and, and I go very deeply into this in in the uh, afterlife frequency. Right. I explain I how hell is a myth, a metaphor, and unfortunately, very real. Yeah, that's right. So. Yeah, so I as much as I would, you know, love to listen to John Lennon's song Imagine and have everybody hold hands and have our kumbaya yeah. moments. Um, yep. um unfortunately I don't see the material world as that, but this plane of existence that we're in plays a very important part in the journey of our what I call the electromagnetic soul, the who and what we are. And in, in the afterlife frequency, I introduced the concept of the electromagnetic soul to describe who and what we really are. And I'll 
go through right. it really quick, is every great spiritual teacher from the dawn of recorded history, we can go to the sages of ancient India, through Zoroaster, Moses, Buddha, Jesus, Confucius, Lao Tzu, uh, Muhammad, Native American spiritualists, uh, Gandhi, St. Francis of Assisi, I mean, all the way up to, to now, and they all explain how the soul, our consciousness, our spirit, see, soul and spirit are used interchangeably in in the fields of faith some people say you know it's different but but uh you it's know, not you're right it's Absolutely not yeah right. and then consciousness is what uh the the same concept is referred to in the fields of psychology and afterlife research like what you do and what uh, ian's international association for near-death studies does and the all of the spiritual teachers teach that the soul pre-exists the body, comes into the body, moves on after the body dies. Right. We know from the laws of quantum physics, the laws of thermodynamics, that energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. We know from neuroscience, the study of the human brain, that the human body has an electrical field, and the most complex electrical field in the body is the human brain. So I developed the term the electromagnetic soul to bridge the divide between faith and science to explain what we really are, which is pure consciousness, a soul, a spirit that is eternal electromagnetic energy. And at the death of the human body, when, when the, uh, when the computer hard drive crashes, the programs, in other words, us, <laughs> who right. we are, doesn't crash with the hard drive. Rather, it transfers to a higher frequency and stays intact. Ergo, the electromagnetic soul. <laughs> I, I think that you make it easy for people to understand that it all continues. And I actually, my daughter yesterday sent me an article. They had accidentally been recording some man in his 80s when he, um, uh, I, they've been doing a recording of what was going on in his brain when he, when he died. And uh, they were fascinated to be doing that because actually there was more activity in his brain at the moment of death and right after death um, than before he died. And they thought that was fascinating because yes. they didn't they didn't expect that and why they didn't expect that i cannot imagine because of course we know that's what would be going on um because he you know he's he's meeting his loved ones he's transitioning i mean of course there's a whole lot going on there when science gets through with this its obsession with the notion that matter is all that matters a whole world of information is going to open up for people Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's a wonderful point. And uh, I, I read that article, too, and I was very excited when I saw it, because it ties into my EMS, my electromagnetic soul theory. Right. Um, there's been a phenomenon, I know you're aware of this, called terminal lucidity. Yes, exactly. Yes. And terminal lucidity, people who maybe have Alzheimer's or dementia but they could also be severely brain damaged. They may be schizophrenic. They may have brain cancer. There's several different brain impairments and the person is non-responsive and terminally ill, ergo terminal. But right before they die, they open up their eyes, they come out of it and they begin to interact coherently with the people around them. This is mystified 
physicians for thousands of years. I mean, this has been recorded in ancient Greece. Um, yes. Hippocrates even wrote about this. Really? And, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Hippocrates wrote about it. And then uh, there were other accounts um, in the, the medieval era and then the Age of Enlightenment. And then, of course, in the past 200 years, when, uh, you know, once doctors stopped bleeding people and they started, you know, behaving towards science, like it's, a, you know, towards medical science as a science, the terminal and, and Dr. Michael Nam um, in Germany uh, came up with the term terminal lucidity. Now, here's my explanation for it. See, the neuroscientists are at a loss to explain this. They said there's too many different types of brain impairment. If it just happened in Alzheimer's, we'd be able to look for a common denominator, but it's all over the board. We right. cannot find the common denominator. And that's because they're looking at the physical, not the energetic. Because, see, biology is the study of organic living uh, beings, uh, and physics is the study of inorganic matter and energy. But on the subatomic level, everything's energy. Everything's made of molecules, made of atoms, made of electrons, protons, and neutrons, which in turn are made of quantum electromagnetic energy. So the distinction between biology and physics ends when we get to, to the, the quantum level. Right. So what happens is, think of um, an incandescent light bulb. We've all seen an incandescent light bulb, good old-fashioned light bulb, all of a sudden get real bright and then pop, go out right before it burns out. Yes. Oh, well, why is that? That's because the filament, which has tungsten, the metal tungsten in it, that's what regulates the, uh, the tungsten is able to handle and regulate the amount of electricity that normally flows through the light bulb. But then as it erodes and decays, it's no longer able to handle that amount of electricity. So then there's a surge, which is this flash of light. The human brain as it begins to uh, degrade, can no longer handle the amount of electricity that regularly flows through it. So like the tungsten, as it begins to degrade and wear out, it can no longer handle, regulate, and contain that amount of electricity. So as the electromagnetic soul is about to leave the body, there's a surge of activity, which then offers an explanation for that consciousness is not created by the brain, but only hosted by it. So it's the same principle that <laughs> as a person is in active transition and their brain is no longer able to handle that amount of energy, they surge and it's the spirit, it's the who and what we are that is communicating. And then the person passes and their EMS electromagnetic soul continues. And I've pre presented this theory, and a number of the neuroscientists are very, very interested in this. Um, so What's fun is these people are normal. Suddenly, people who couldn't, they were totally, their brain was fried. Well, their brain is still fried, but, they're, but the person they are, which, who is now going home, is, is talking normally to the people around the bed. Exactly. And there's one thing that neuroscientists on both sides of this aisle agree on is that at the moment of death, your brain doesn't suddenly grow a billion new neurons. Okay. So <laughs> no. also your brain doesn't immediately start expanding and growing. However, the energy is, is seeking to transfer. And, you know, I've communicated, um, I've done a number of readings for people that, 
that they weren't physically dead yet. Um, they were on life support or heavily comatose and their spirit communicates with me. And yeah. um, if, if I can, I would like to share a story. This is not in my book yeah. because this actually happened after my book was released. But um, I received a call from this woman. Her name was Mary. And her son, he, he was like, he's the kid everybody wants. Handsome, smart, athletic. His name's Mikey. Um, he used to work with autistic children. He used to stick up for kids being bullied. I mean, this was a nice kid. Oh, yeah. And a basketball player. He was um, trying to get a scholarship, you know, from basketball to go to college. And he started wow. complaining of headaches and blurred vision. And it, it started getting really bad. And he was taken to the emergency room and they said, we can't find anything. But then he got a referral to University of Florida. And all of a sudden, um, after some MRI scans, the head of oncology and pediatrics called them and said, we've got to do a brain biopsy. And he unfortunately had um, what's known as DIPG. And hold on. I want to make sure I get which is, it affects young people. It's um, DIPG is diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma. And it is a tumor, um, a pons tumor that forms along the brain stem. And it primarily attacks children and young adults. And while there's treatments for it, there is no cure and it's very rare and it's almost always, always fatal. There've been a few people who survived it, but not many. And Mikey approached this the way he did everything else. You know, I mean, he, he, he said, mom, we're going to beat this. And, and the whole family rallied upon him. He had an older brother. He had a sister, um, his dad. I mean, they were real, I mean, just a wonderful family. Oh yeah. And, um, he went through all this treatment and it looked like they were maybe had it in remission. And so one day Mary comes home and she finds him floating face down in the pool. Oh. So, so he's rushed to the hospital. He's on life support. She calls me and they, she said, the doctor said he's, he's brain dead and they want me to turn it off. She goes, Mark, help me. And, and I said, all right, I'll do what I can. So I open up my brain to higher frequencies and he came forward. First, her mother came forward and I got a description, her name, everything. And she said, he's here with me. And he stepped forward and he said two things. Um, well, he said many things, but there are two things. He said, I'm at heaven's door. He said, but mom, you're not ready to make the decision yet. Don't make the decision yet. You'll know when you're ready. Okay. Oh. So two days later, she calls me and the whole family's on the phone and he came through again and he said, you're almost ready. He said, and then I got Giorgio and Greggy. I kept getting the names Giorgio and Greggy and his father, who was named Michael. Okay. And Mikey was instead of Mike Jr. They called him Mikey. And so um, I go Giorgio and Greggy. And they said, well, we don't know what Greggy means that they, they were, you know, they, they were at a loss. And, and the, the father, Michael said, that was a joke. He used to call me Giorgio. Okay. So now I knew that, that, and now they were firmly convinced this was their son communicating from the other side. Uh-huh. 
Well, they made the decision that day and he passed. And so they, the family went back home and they were devastated. And there was a knock on the door and it was this young man that they took care of when he, he was a foster child that they took into their home. And his name was Greggy. And he showed up out of the blue and, and they hadn't seen him in over 10 years. They had completely lost contact. Now, how could I possibly have known that? I don't, no, no. but the spirit did. So oh. then about two months later, the family said, well, you know, we want to do a, a family reading. So I, I met with them and did a reading for them. And during the course of the reading, Greg, um, uh, Mikey spirit came through and said, when you see Mars, think of me. So they're all like, you know, what, what's up with that? I go, I have no idea. Oh, I, I get a call a week later. Mary oh. said, we were in the backyard last night and we were grilling some hamburgers and we were all talking about Mikey and it was cloudy and the clouds cleared. And my other son, Sam goes, Hey, look at that star. Oh, Hey, it's Mars. And then she said, everyone looked at each other and said, <gasps> When you see Mars, think of me. Oh. And it, it, to me, this is such a beautiful example yeah. of how the electromagnetic soul survives physical death. Also, on the quantum level, when we're back to the subatomic level, quantum physicists theorize that time as we know it doesn't exist. In other yes, words, it's all occurring absolutely. simultaneously, which is why spirits will bring up future events. Yes. And that's why he brought up the name Greggy, who was going to walk in their home a couple hours after he died. They yes. hadn't seen Greggy. And he didn't say Gregory, it was Greggy. Yep. And then to give me something as bizarre as when you see Mars, think of me. And and so, <laughs> so yeah, and, and, you know, I have the family's permission to talk about this um, yeah, because they said, you know, and, and now they're working very, uh, very diligently to bring awareness for DIPG because it is a terrible, terrible. Um, yeah, um, I, I've heard of it. I, I knew someone else who had that. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for sharing that. What a gift that is. You know, it's it's very humbling. Um, and, you know, as we're attorneys, Roberta, and we know that it is extremely important in our work to maintain our professional objectivity. You can't. And not get, but you let me can't tell you, you know that. there are times like in a situation like that, when I'm doing a reading for parents who've lost a child, it's really hard. No. But I also realize I have to be objective and not get emotionally involved because then that can block the communication. Um, and that's one of the, the other concepts I explain in the afterlife frequency is how to keep the, the channels open. Um, and um, if I could, I'd like to talk about the raft technique. Yes, please. Yes, let's, let's try to stay sober in this. But no, you, you, you have to love. If you aren't loving, I, I just don't know how you can even be living. It, it's, and and I, I know, I've seen you work. It's very, it's very hard not to be emotional because 
so much of what you do is giving the gift of love to the people around you. And, and that's, that's what you have to do. Even as a lawyer, there's no way around it. You have to. Um, so the point of the afterlife frequency, unlike a lot of my colleagues, um, you know, I see so many of them, I'll turn you into a medium, take my course. Well, oh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, well, the truth is not everyone's a medium because not everyone right. is a rock and roll lead guitarist. Not everyone is an Olympic swimmer. Not everybody is, you know, an electrical engineer. I mean, that doesn't mean I can't slosh around in a pool, but don't expect me to win, you know, a gold medal in the Olympics. Fake yeah. being a medium until you make it. It's you're one or you're not one, no matter you're, how you're you one, You're one or you're not one. But that being said, we all are capable of perceiving messages from spirits. Yeah. And so I was trying to figure out how do I explain this to people who aren't mediums? So I'm <laughs> yeah. sitting here at my computer and I'm working away and writer's block, you know, right. And you're an author. You understand. It's like writer's oh, block. It's like yes. getting hit in the face with a, you know, a, a uh, ice cold, wet rag. And it's like, nothing's yes. happening. So I said, all right, I'm going for a walk on the beach. Cause I live near the ocean. So I'm heading down my driveway and all of a sudden cold chills and tingles start resonating through me. And I'm like, okay, something's up. Somebody's up. So I get, I turn around and head in the opposite direction because I'm feeling guided there. So, okay, walking down this bike path, it's around 11 in the morning and I see these two objects shining in the light. So I walk up to them and it's a nickel and a penny. So I bend over to pick them up and I hear my mother's voice. I hear my (laughs) mother's voice. And she said, if their head's down, it's bad luck. And I'm laughing because my mother's family was Italian. And, uh-huh. and, you know, we have a superstition for all occasions, you know, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> yeah. no, God forbid you walk under a ladder, don't get a black cat. Oh, you spilled the salt and, you know, the coins. Uh-huh. Then I hear my dad's dad's voice. It's money. Grab it. So I pick it up and I'm laughing and <laughs> holding this nickel and this penny. And go, oh, six cents. And I say, wait a second. Six uh-huh. cents. So and then the cold chills and tingles resonating through my body. Cold chills and tingles. So that's where a lot of people think spirit communication is scary. It's the same physiological sensation in the flight or fight response, but it's also the same sensation when the electromagnetic energy of a spirit is communicating with you. And then in my mind's eye, I saw my father um, standing in the ocean holding this blue canvas raft that he had. He used to have like these yellow uh, um, ends, and it was this blue canvas raft that he used to go body surfing, and we all did on that. And I'm like, raft, raft. And then I realized, then I heard my parents say to me, teach people how to recognize, accept, feel, and trust messages. Go, oh my God. And so I run back to my computer and the words just flew out of me. And and so with with their help, (laughs) huge amount of help. I developed or rather um, refined what's known, uh, what I call the raft technique. So I teach people how to recognize signs from spirits. And, and the best part about this is they walked me through it, Roberta. Okay, so here I am taking a, a stroll on this bike path and, and I'm getting cold chills and tingles. And then I see these coins. So I recognize the sign from the spirits. I hear their voices. I accept it as real, but it's the third step, the feeling without overthinking and the feeling without fear, the F part. Okay. Um, 
my F word's the clean F word. It's the feeling part. And but that's where pe- <laughs> that's where people, you know, they get all effed up and you know, because they start over overthinking things and it's like, oh, that's just a coincidence. It's a hallucination. It's oh, my imagination. Yes. And that's where people hit the brick wall and that's where they lose it. And so if you feel it without overthinking it, then that will lead you to trusting it. Now, trust yeah. is very important too. Because we live in a day and age where there's a lot of lunatics. Well, actually, the world's always had a lot of lunatics, but people We're go not around. Never, yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. I mean, uh, but but people say, "Oh, spirits, voices are telling me to to go blow up this place or go start an oh. insurrection or do this." It's like it always oh. aggravates me when the news media refers to these terrorists. Um, having uh, a spiritual advisor. No, these people are not spiritual advisors. Oh. They're religious advisors. Okay. Right. And, and so for exactly. the other media listening, please do not call a terrorist, um, um, a religious fanatic, uh, a spiritual advisor. They're religious advisors. And here's why. Nothing spiritual is controlling. Nothing from the divine incites anyone to commit acts of anger, bigotry, hatred, and violence. Right. So the trust issue you know that it's a message from from loved ones in spirit who are connected to the collective consciousness, which is connected to what, what we could call God. When the messages are about love, about healing, about inner peace, about resolution, about protection, you know, warning someone to avoid a particular situation, um, reaching out to resolve issues, um, messages to help people with their inner struggles and, and their situations. Those are messages from spirits. Those are messages from the, the divine. And so in that incident of finding sixth sense, my parents gave me such a powerful and easy to use um, method for helping people recognize, accept, feel, and trust signs from spirits. And here's the best part about it, uh, Roberta. It isn't just for a situation like that. It's inter- it, it can be applied to interpreting a dream where a loved one comes and talks to you. It can be used to help make sense of your near-death experience, your shared death experience, a deathbed vision, something involving yes. terminal lucidity. And, and then I saw that, wow, um, this message really has this technique, the raft technique really has far reaching ramifications. Wow. That's beautiful. That's very helpful. Mark, we're coming to the end of our time. What do you want our listeners to take away from today, especially? I think that the most important thing people need to understand is that the divine power that we call God exists that heaven the afterlife the other side exists that our souls our electromagnetic soul is an eternal living being and that we can communicate with souls and that it is when it is our appointed time to leave this material world we will be reunited with our loved ones in the light And that is one of the main reasons that I wrote the afterlife frequency 
to explain all of that and much more. There's a lot of healing about the book with coping with PTSD and losing a child, um, certainly the RAF technique, but I introduce many new terms and I explain all of this in an easy to understand fashion and through very riveting and, and fast moving stories. Um, because, you know, people, people want to read a book that that's enjoyable to read because it's important for us to understand these things. And so that's why I wrote the afterlife frequency. And Roberta, if I may, if people want to find out about how to order it, um, it's at all fine bookstores. It's on Google Books, uh, Amazon. You can go to my website, afterlifefrequency.com, same as the book, Afterlife Frequency. You can also sign up for my newsletter. I invite you to do that. And also you can find out about my upcoming events and uh, signing up for a reading with me all through theafterlifefrequency.com. That's the great summary. Thank you. And I just want to add, uh, Mark Anthony is a real, real psychic medium. Not everybody who claims to be one is, but I have watched him work and he's really genuine. And actually, as you see, Mark Anthony is also a lot of fun. And so is his book. I read it over a weekend, couldn't put it down. And meanwhile, we've come to the end of our time once again. Um, this is Roberta Grimes, um, Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you could be with us again today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you really get what that means, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Next week, we'll be, we, we'll be hearing from British medium all the way across the pond, British medium and spiritual healer, Tom Flynn. He was recommended to me by a dear British friend, a little bit crusty, but delightful. And he raves about Tom's gifts. Tom is a natural medium. He's been giving evidence of survival and providing healing for nearly 40 years. And he's happily traveled the world, demonstrating his clairvoyant and clairaudient mediumship and his healing gifts in Australia, in Canada, Belgium, Spain, Malaysia, and Costa Rica. For 16 years, he's been a regular demonstrator at San Francisco's Golden Gate Spiritualist Church in California. Next week, he's going to join us to talk about mediumship, spiritual healing, and his life of helping others this way. But So please join us. And of course, this week, we've been talking with Mark Anthony, who has been with us for the fifth time. And as I say, Mark Anthony, I never get to talk with him but actually he and i have been friends for a very long time his book is called the afterlife frequency the scientific proof of spiritual contact and how that awareness will change your life i was surprised to see that he's really put a lot of effort into understanding consciousness and how it works and actually i was delighted to see that this sort of the, the human side of him that he he really reveals he makes himself quite open to sharing really some funny stories about his own life. Um, as we prepare for the debut of Secret Reality Online in the late spring, it's exciting for me to see other prominent workers in this vineyard who are teaching the energy-based nature of reality and helping their flocks to begin to explore the vast implications of what we all are learning. Mark Anthony is a genuinely gifted medium, and he's really, as you see, a very enjoyable guest here. His latest book is a delight to read. As you know, my own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and soon, The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. 
For young children, there's the fun of meeting Jesus. And you can order all these books through bookstores or on Amazon.com. The adult books are also available as audiobooks. And if you want to talk about anything with me or, you know, just, just shoot the breeze, you can always just contact me through the con- green contact block on robertagrimes.com. Just make sure you give me the right address. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy. Please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being. And you in particular, boast of all in the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything. 